welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Hallelujah. So we thank God for His Word today, that Word that gives life to us. Hallelujah. That Word that gives understanding to us. And uh, we praise the Lord. God is so good, church. So we've been dealing uh, with a series. This is our third week, and we're going to continue teaching on renewing the mind. We've been talking about what we've been thinking, thoughts that we think, and um, renewing of the mind, as it says. And you see in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that you're not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, changing your mind. And as Christians... If you want to live a victorious life, it's important that you change your mind to line up with this word, not to line up with somebody who's in the office beside you, works beside you, goes to school beside you, and what their thoughts and what their thinking is. No, line your thoughts up with this word, because what you think will start to form what you believe. It'll form your belief system, so so very, very important. For instance, you know, if you if you grew up in a home and you know they were racist and and they were just always against you know people that just didn't look the same that, that weren't white and you know some of that maybe hatred it would just get, get on you and you start believing that for, if you were brought up that way from a little child it forms the way you think forms that belief system and then before long. Whatever you believe, you start to speak it out. And it's the words that we have power. Those words, what we speak has the power. So we've got to know this word like never before because this word will straighten out our thinking. Uh, Philippians 4 and verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, things that are true, whatever is noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, mull over, think over and over and over on those things. You know, Tanya explained last week that in even just one day, average, the average amount of thoughts that we're all dealing with is about 30,000. 30,000, is that not amazing? 30,000 thoughts and you're dealing with that. And as we've been teaching as well, that, you know, everybody, every mind needs a bouncer in the door so that you're going, okay, now 30,000 thoughts, you're not going to be able to just stand there and bounce, bounce, bounce 30,000 thoughts off because until I heard what Tanya shared last week, I didn't know I would have maybe had 30,000 thoughts today. But where you can, you're conscious and you, you deliberately, you know, those thoughts that keep coming and often the thoughts will keep coming. You're, you're thinking along a certain uh, track at that particular time and thoughts are coming and coming. And if you receive a bad report, say a bad medical report, then, you know, you could have yourself um, way down this, this line before, before long. So as soon as you can get hold of, oh, I'm thinking this way and I'm thinking wrong thoughts, negative thoughts, toxic thoughts, then you put the bouncer to work and say, you're not coming on board. You're not coming to me. I'm not letting you in. Where's the chapter and verse? If you can't give me the word of God, I'm not accepting that thought because I don't want 
to start believing it. You know, the doctor gives you that bad report. You've got three months to live. You've got a choice right there and then. Are you going to start thinking and going? Now, first of all, you have to get over the shock of that. That's a whole other teaching, just to get over. But you've got to reject it right there and say, no, I'm believing I will live and not die. I believe God is my healer. He's already paid the price for me. And so you're having to, those thoughts are trying to bombard you. Three months, three bar. You're going to hit it with the word of God. Hit it. That's being the bouncer. Hit it with the word of God. Hit it, hit it, hit it. Hit it with the word of God. Amen? Because if you allow this stuff into your mind, toxic thoughts, you know, then it takes a lot of work trying to get them out. So if you even start receiving that bad report, then not only have you to start getting those wrong beliefs and all that you just thought on out, but then you have to change. So just reject immediately. This teaching is so crucial. Do you understand that? It is crucial. It is. It always has been crucial. And I said two weeks ago when I taught, this is the problem in the body of Christ. Not just this church, but every church, Christians, we call ourselves Christians, Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians. We've got to have our mind renewed and live by what this word says and not what we sallied on the street says about something. And Joe, well, well, Joe says this. And the word says this. No, it's got to be all word. All of it. All word. Hallelujah. And you know what? Until we meet Jesus, we're going to be renewing our mind. I am renewing my mind every day. I am pushing out thoughts that come to me and thoughts that the enemy wants to bring, even this week. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was talking to mom through the week. I said, the devil... He's, he's Satan is not happy with what's going on. He's not happy with what's going on in my life right now. And I had to put this word to effect over and over, and I had to realize in a few instances that, you know what? It's not flesh and blood that I fight. It's principalities and powers getting hold of flesh and blood that will speak through them. So be careful, church. Don't let yourself be a pawn to be used by the enemy. To speak against your brother or your sister. Be very careful of that. And you know, we've all fallen into that trap one time or another. But see, when you do, say, sorry. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I just spoke and I just came against. Or I just, behind their back, I just I just spoke against someone that you paid your blood. Just as David has said, you had shed your blood and you died for and you love them passionately and I have just spoken against my brother or sister if you don't think you have to repent over that you've got to repent make it right with the Lord because that person is dear to him dear to him so what we think is so important for instance you know people maybe they've attended another church and they've maybe, in that church, they've taught that healing isn't today. Oh, yeah, of course, the, you know, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the times when Jesus was in the earth, he used to heal the sick. But it's really not for today. But the problem is, if they form that wrong belief system, and people have come in here with that wrong belief system, what has to happen? Through the word and through preaching and through spending time with people that know the truth, 
You've got to knock out that wrong doctrine and that wrong thinking. You've got to, you know, you, they've got to get that out of them before they can even start thinking right. So it's this word, just go to this word and, um, and make sure it's right what you're being taught. You should always, even what we teach here, you should be able to go yourself and just, is it in the word? Is it true? Well, Pastor Karen is saying, don't just accept it. Is it true? Is it right? Amen. We've all equally been given this. Um, Tanya brought out really well last week that, you know, when you don't renew your mind, then um, your mind takes the side of the body. We know the real us is a spirit. And the spirit has a mind, has a soul, which is made of the mind, will, and emotions. And it's carried around in in a body. But the body likes to do body things. And if you don't renew your mind, then the body will want to rule through your mind instead of your spirit. So that's why it's so important we're renewing our mind. If not, something that uh, Paul talked about, he would have called somebody that, that's letting the body rule, just letting the body do, do whatever, a carnal Christian. He would have said, you're carnal. You're still carnal. And you can read that in 1 Corinthians and chapter 3, verse 3. Apostle Paul says, are you not still carnal? For where there is envy, where there's strife, where there's divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? He's talking to the Christian Christians at this point. He says, you're carnal. You're not thinking in line with the word. You're thinking in line with your old man, the old you, the old uh, born, uh, uh, the, the one that... Before you were born again, you're thinking that way and it's wrong. How do you know? Because I can see division. I can see envy. I can see strife. So he says, you're like a baby. And if Paul was here to say, he said, grow up. Grow up. How do you tell a baby Christian? There's strife around them. There's strife coming out of their mouth. They need to grow up and mature. Amen? The Passion Translation said, says, for you're living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh, your body ruled. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourself with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you're living, your mind centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh, and behaving like unbelievers. So you need to actively stand against any strife, you know, any time. And again, we've all been there. But any time you open the door to strife in your life, you know what you're doing? You are opening the door for the enemy. You know, I've heard the strife being um, termed as the manifest presence of the wicked one, the devil. Strife, where there's strife, manifest presence of a devil is there. So watch, don't tolerate. Some people think I can tolerate a certain amount. Sure, it's normal. Every family has a certain amount. Yes, it's true. Every family has had to deal with a certain amount. But you know what? As Christians, we don't tolerate it. Strife will want to come because it's of the enemy. But when it starts to raise his ugly head, you've got to close the door. And if it came in through you, repent and say sorry. And if it didn't come in to you, repent and say sorry. 
get the door shut as quick as you can. Because until you do, it's a wide open door for sickness to come in. It's a wide open door for your finances to be stolen. It's a wide open door for the, the, the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in your life whatever way he wants. So if there's strife around your life or in your home, get the door shut. And I suggest it starts with you. Don't take the time to go, well, it's his fault. He did it. Just shut the door. I'm sorry. Take somebody to be a peacemaker. Somebody to, you know what? Even if it's Brian's fault, it always is. I can say that because he's not here. It's always Brian's fault. But when it's his fault and I say, oh, I'm sorry, or, you know, maybe we'll do this and stuff. You know what? That The other person, then they start to feel, oh, because they know. You know who's fault. You know in yourself if you were the troublemaker. And if Brian does that to me, I feel bad. Uh, what's the quotes just coming to mind again? Um, but the sign of spiritual maturity is uh, the one who closes that door, the one who says sorry, and there's a peacemaker the quickest. That's the sign of spiritual maturity. So you can try and come up to me and say how somebody preaches the word well and how they can cast out demons well. Oh, everybody gets sick. Everybody they pray for, they get healed. And I will be really pleased to hear that. But I'll be looking at issues like this. How quick are they to walk in love? How quick are they to keep out of strife? So, don't give the enemy access to your life through strife. We're in a spiritual battle. Whether you realize it or not, I'm going to tell you this. We are at war. We are at war. No, we're not fighting over in the trenches and stuff. It's not a physical war. But we are at war with the enemy. The, uh, the one who hates the fact that we call ourselves, that we call Jesus our Lord. We are in a war of words, really a war of words and a war of thoughts. That's how the enemy works. You know, uh, Satan's defeated, and our, he, Jesus did that on the cross, and he rose again. But our job is to, we have to enforce what's already been done. We've got to say, this battle's won. I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm provided for, whatever that is. So Satan isn't, you know, some people think that there's this big demonic cloud and just sits over territories and sits over towns and sits over nations and sits over people. But no, it's not, you know, Satan doesn't control people and follow them around like a big cloud. He controls people by lies and deception. Lies and deception, lies that can be spoken to you or can come in the thoughts. And that's how he controls. He's called the father of lies. And, um, you know, Jesus, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. But the enemy, he works through deception. He works through lies. You know, lies like uh, Jesus put sickness in people to teach them a lesson. 
Suffering is good. Teach them a lesson. And what loving father would ever do that with their earthly kid? And yet people are expected to believe that lie. Here's the tragic thing. A lot of Christians believe it. Tragic. No, Jesus does not put sickness on his children. He loves us. He loves us. Another lie. Ah, oh, sure. Just relax and enjoy. Just, you know, yeah, you're a Christian, but it's okay. Sure, you can have that wee sneaky drink whenever you want. And oh, sure, it doesn't matter how many, how many cigarettes a day. You know, just you'll destroy your body. You know, just you know what? It's a big broad road that leads to heaven. Big broad, just. Do what you want. Whatever the fad is. Yes, you've got a wife. It's all right. There's not many roads leading to heaven. It's a lie. But look at so many people, unbelievers, that are believing that lie. And it says, the Bible says, before we came to Christ, we all lived our lives under the influence of Satan. And Ephesians in chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, read verse 1 to 3. It says, You he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's why we praise God. It's one of the reasons we are free. We've been made alive in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, And once you once walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, it's a name for Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as the others. So it says we used to fulfill the lusts of whatever the flesh wanted to do, Whatever, wherever the mind wanted to go, we just let that happen. But now we're, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Second um, Corinthians 4 and verse 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. He's blinded their minds. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So, if unbelievers' minds he is blinded, what do you think he's attempting to do with those who's had their minds enlightened, have received Jesus? He wants to keep us in some way deceived, uh, thinking wrong things, doing wrong things, and even sometimes thinking it's right. But the safeguard for that is the word of God. That will keep us safe in all of that. So, you know, uh, if you're praying for somebody and they're not, they've not yet given their life to the Lord, you need to take authority. You need to take authority and release power praying for that person. You say, in the, I'm praying for we, Sally, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I come against every spiritual blindness in Jesus' name. I come against a hardened, stubborn heart in the name of Jesus. And I make a way now for the harvesters. Pray harvesters across their path. Go across their path now. You know who they're going to listen to. You take authority over the enemy who's blinded 
they, their eyes. Amen. Satan doesn't have power to make me do anything because Jesus stripped him of his power when he rose again. I love this, what it says in Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. I'm reading in the Amplified Bible. Colossians 2 and verse 15 says, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. The Passion Translation says, Then he made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping them of every weapon and all authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. That's a reason to shout. That is a reason to shout. Amen. Let's shout, Amen. Come on, Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection life that's flowing in us. Hallelujah. So if Satan is defeated, how does he work? He has to deceive you. He has to get you thinking things so that you'll speak it out. Because when Karen speaks it out, my words have power and it's out there now. And if I haven't chosen the right words to speak out, then those words will war against me. He can't do anything without my consent. He can't do anything without your consent. And that's, you know, that's what he did with Eve in the garden. Uh, he knew he had no power over her, so he had to deceive her. Genesis, if we look quickly at Genesis in chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Um, it says, of all the wild creatures the eternal God had created, the serpent was the craftiest. It wasn't uh, an accident that uh, this snake came up to Eve. Serpent said to the woman, is it true that God has forbidden you to eat fruits from the trees of the garden? Eve says, no, serpent. God says we are free to eat from the trees, fruited from the trees of the garden. We are granted access to any variety and all amounts of fruit, with one exception, the fruit from the tree found in the center of the garden. God instructed us not to eat or touch the fruit of that tree, or we would die. The serpent said, die? Die? Oh, no, you'll not die. God's playing games with you. But he's the father of lies, so that's what he's going to say. God, have you ever known God to play a game with you? God is truth. The truth is that God knows the day you eat the fruit from that tree, you will awaken something powerful in you and become like him, possessing knowledge of good and evil. So he's perverting the truth. And the woman approached the tree, eyed its fruit. Eyes are part of the body. So she's body ruled there. Let the body lead. Oh, look at that fruit. And 
Garden of Eden. If we read about the Garden of Eden, everything was wonderful. Everything was perfect. There was beautiful fruit. There was everything, vegetables and everything they needed to stay alive. And you know, God didn't have them in rations. He didn't just have them in a few things. I believe they had just luxurious stuff to eat. But yet Satan deceived Eve to think, but look at that fruit of that tree. Body ruled and she coveted, that's envy. It's mouth-watering, wisdom-granting beauty. And she plucked a tree, a fruit from the tree and ate and then offered to her, the fruit to her husband who was close by. He ate as well. So how do you present, prevent yourself from being deceived? You've got to know the word. You've got to think the word. You've got to speak the word. First Peter and 5, and verse 8, reading from the voice translation, First Peter 5 and 8 says, Most importantly, be disciplined. That's talking about your mind. Mind renewed. Be disciplined and stay on guard. Your enemy, the devil, is prowling around outside like a roaring lion, just waiting and hoping for the chance to devour someone. So you don't need to be fearful. You don't need to be fearful of the enemy. He has got no power, no authority over you. It is important that you learn how to exercise your authority. And again, that's other teaching for those that are new. New to Christ, you'll be taught that. But we need to exercise authority over him. Hallelujah. God's greater than the devil. And greater is he. You've heard me say that a few times this morning. Greater is he, God, on the inside of us, and he that's in the world talking about the devil. But God desires your life to be blessed. He wants you to walk in anointing. He wants you to walk in the power. He wants you to walk in health. He wants you to walk being totally cared for, needs supplied, and the desires of your heart. That is what God wants for his children. So um, Ephesians 4 and 27 says, Don't give place to the devil. Don't give the devil room to work. Don't give him any place. You know, there's some times in life that we just feel like speaking out negative thoughts. I have done that. I've done that many times. But you know what? It doesn't get me anywhere good. It does not. And I, I have to say, end up saying sorry. Or I have Brian sitting me down, give me a lecture. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank God I have a positive man of faith when I start going... He just lifts me up. Hallelujah. He lifts me up. Praise God. And um, speaking negative thoughts and emotions. So, you know, you may say things, oh, I just feel like giving up. Things are never going to change. I've been stand for so long. When is it ever going to happen? When, when's that? But, you know... Um, we're in that spiritual battle, and we've got to exercise self-control. And the more you grow in God, you put this to work more and more and more. So I said we're continually renewing our mind. I'm continually renewing my mind. Matthew 6, verse 31 says, Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. So how do you take a thought for your own? You have to speak it out. See, when you take that thought and you speak it out, we're going to hear a great testimony next week. Mom's going to share. And it's going to, this, what mom's testimony and what she lived through for a period of time, it's just going to bring more reality to this renewing of the mind. But you've got to take a thought and then you start speaking it out. 
you speak it out. And once you speak it out, that becomes yours. And that will be applicable for the word. That's why we, we're saying, speak the word, speak, the, pray the word, pray the word, pray that word. But the opposite is true. If we're speaking what the enemy puts in our minds, if we're speaking toxic thoughts and wrong, we're speaking that into being. So, you know, fear and worry and anxiety and bad reports and bad news, all that's going to come with thoughts of that. I love what Kenneth Hagin says, a quote from Kenneth Hagin. He says, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from landing there and building a nest. So for those taking notes, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from landing there and building a nest. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Proverbs in 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Passion Translation says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Parents, choose your words carefully, what you're speaking over your children. Because they are words that can kill, they can bring decrease, they can bring destruction, or they can give life. So, for instance, if you're believing for healing and you're confessing, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, and then the phone rings, how are you doing? And you start talking about how bad you feel, etc. And I know because we care for one another and we ask each other, and it's important we ask each other how you're feeling. But if you're not careful, you start releasing that negative. Well, the doctor says this and it's got worse. And, you know, now I'm having to take this. And, you know, so maybe a better way of saying, you know what? I'm still fighting and I'm standing against this sickness but I believe I've received my healing in Jesus' name. And you've got to grow in this. I'm growing in this. You've got to grow. You remember, Dad, anyone who remembers Pastor, Pastor John, you asked him how he was feeling. How are you doing? How are you doing, Dad? I'm blessed. Who remembers that? He had trained himself to respond to, if anyone's asking, how is he feeling? How is he doing? What's, you know, I'm blessed. So he's, there's a good example. It says, follow those who have gone in faith. Follow their example. So you know what? So you know if you're preparing for an interview and stuff like that, you'll already have been preparing some things. I respond this way or... This is the way I'll respond to that question if it comes up. Why don't you prepare and do some homework and say, if someone asks me how I'm feeling today, how would I respond to that? Now, you could say, what if I don't tell the truth of telling lies? Well, I'm not telling you to tell lies. I'm telling you to speak in line with the word of God. And that word will say things like, I will live and not die. And you can apply that to any bad report that comes along. So you're not telling lies, but choose how you're going to respond. And if it's something like, I'm blessed, take that on and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed.
Um, so your words are power. Matthew 12 and 27 says your words um, will be used as evidence against you and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. So we've got to realize those, the importance of our words as well and speaking doubts and unbelief and fear and anxiety. It just opens the door for the enemy. You know, we let our guard down, the enemy to come in. So we're going to close it there. I'm not going to keep you any more in this call, but let's pray. Come next week. We're going to teach you a little bit more on this subject. But I'm asking you, church, start putting this to work. Start putting it to work. I'm asking you to take notes. I see there's very few taking notes. If you don't take notes, it's gone. So if you're not taking notes, I would ask you to go back over the podcast again or it's a BCC app. Um, if you can't find it, get in touch with Carol, Tanya, myself, somebody who can help you with shit. Send the link and take notes. Have notes. Amen. Whatever you're being taught, the anointed word of God, record it. Write notes and be open to what Holy Spirit says. Let's, let's pray this morning. God, we thank you and we praise you, Father, that you are such a wonderful God, that you have defeated our enemy and our foe, hallelujah, that you've given us a new life to live, and we are victorious. We are victorious in you, Lord God, and we have power and authority. The battle is already won. We have power and authority, and we're just law enforcers, law enforcers, hallelujah, with what you've already accomplished for us on the cross. So I thank you that we're always moving forward. We're always on the offense, not the defense, in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God. We praise you. And Lord God, we just lift up anyone today who is not, does not know you as Savior and Lord. If you don't know the Lord today as your Savior or Lord of your life, it's important that you would ask him to come in, that he's already paid the price for you. He's not going to go to the cross again. He's already paid for all of your sin, all of your shame, all of the pain, all of the sickness that that the enemy would want to bring into your life. He's already paid the price for it. In him, you're already healed. You're already whole. You're already set free in him. You're already well supplied for, but you've got to receive it. You've got to receive what he's already done. And how you receive it, you say, By faith, I believe and I trust you as my Savior and my Lord. So let's pray this prayer together, church. If you're going to give your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, let's pray out loud together. Follow me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I ask you to come into my life. Come into my heart. Make your home with me today. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, come and let me know at the end, church. I'm going to release everybody now, but if you're in need of prayer this morning and you want prayer, you can come up and we'll minister to you here at the front if you have some worship music on. Thank you, church. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or 
Pathfinder Songfest. Ja.